Mr. Bear, happy to be back with you on the full moon in January, uh, the heart of winter. Uh, but uh, we're getting more light uh, this week. I think I read that we gain 12 more minutes of light over this coming week. So, so that's something. We're, we're working toward that spring equinox. But in the meantime, we have the wolf moon. Some say it's because we can hear the starving wolves howling at the moon. Which makes me think, what are we starving for? Food? Compassion? Justice? Connection and meaning and community and mutual aid? Health? Maybe we can all howl at the moon together and feed each other and care for each other and find a way to reimagine what this world might be, what human life might be. There's no lone wolf. We're all a pack, whether we like it or not. And, uh, Pack's got to take care of the pack. It's as simple as that. Anyway, that's that's what I'm thinking about, and uh, that's why I'm really excited uh, to read to you today uh, from Cassie Thornton's excellent book, *The Hologram: Feminist Peer-to-Peer Health for a Post-Pandemic Future*. Uh, we're talking art and uh, healthcare and social justice and just reimagining uh, the future. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited um, to, to read to you. I'll read you the little synopsis from the back cover. In an era when capitalism leaves so many to suffer and to die, how can we take health and care back into our hands? Cassie Thornton puts forward a bold vision for revolutionary care, a viral peer-to-peer feminist health network. The premise is simple. Three people, a triangle, meet on a regular basis to focus on the physical, mental, and social health of a fourth, the hologram. The hologram, in turn, teaches their caregivers how to give and receive care. Each member of their triangle becomes a hologram for another, and so the system expands. Drawing on radical models developed in the Greek solidarity clinics during a decade of crisis, and directly engaging with mutual aid in the coronavirus pandemic, art, activism, and science fiction collide. The hologram develops the skills and relationships we desperately need for the anti-capitalist struggles of the present and the post-capitalist society of the future. Pretty intriguing stuff, right? 
Um, this this book is available from Pluto Press. Um, they're actually having a fantastic 40% off sale right now until January 19th. So if you're listening to this before January 19th, then go to plutobooks.com and you can find The Hologram by Cassie Thornton. And uh, they have the the print book is lovely and uh, it's a slim uh, little little package uh, but they also have ebooks you know if you prefer to read on your screen um, but uh, I, I recommend uh, getting your own copy getting a copy for a friend and uh, you know uh, sharing 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 all of the good stuff um, but I'm gonna give you a sneak peek into it uh, today uh, so let me just dive right in Wikipedia entry from the future. From Wikipedia, the free post-internet encyclopedia, redirected from collective health. This article is about the parafictional social practice art project. For other uses, see hologram disambiguation. The hologram is a post-economic social organizing system composed of post-secular social practices that distribute attention, value, and health to all living beings. Initiated in the lead-up to the first global pandemic of 2020, the hologram appeared at first to be a viral art project, but soon revealed itself to be a new social technology that assembled voluntary participants into teams of four to experiment with new models of health and social care. It is widely acknowledged, citation needed, that this social practice and storytelling strategy came to comprise the original building blocks for what has come to be known as the post-money economy, PME, an attempt to organize and value social and environmental resources based on their ability to produce common health and life rather than private material wealth. Due to its viral nature, which empowers practitioners to adapt to local and collective circumstances, the hologram and its derivatives have taken many thousands of forms, but almost all are marked by some or all of a suite of common features. Notably, the stigmatization of private property, the use of the health accumulation index, the autonomous coordination of socially necessary labor, practices of the non-transactional exchange of attention and care, and de-schooling from competition. Since 2020, the practice has grown into what most experts consider to be a fundamental element of social life, citation needed, and it is popularly believed, especially among its practitioners, to be a tendency that has always been dormant in the human experience. Most practitioners agree that the hologram was originally developed by estranged artists, a now obsolete job category, mostly living in jurisdictions at the heart of the former capitalist and colonialist empires, these capital cities that had the highest rate of suicide, addiction, and depression before the Great Isolation. Most origin stories hold that these artists were organized by a figure named Cassandra, though historians have questioned her influence and even her existence. Today, the practice has become a central element of the Global Solidarity Social Architecture, GSSA. Holograms do not simply produce the illusion of depth, but are truly three-dimensional. 
Overview and History, Edit. This section needs additional citations for verification. Please help improve this article by adding citations to reliable sources. Unsourced material may be challenged and removed. Find sources. The Hologram. News, newspapers, books, scholar, JSTOR, February 2037. Learn how and when to remove this template message. Starting in 2020, the hologram emerged as a practice and is today embedded in the daily life of at least 25 million people. However, when one includes its many derivative forms and unofficial uses and the natural spread of its social benefits, it is said to be bigger than Beyonce and more accessible. Citation needed. During the Great Isolation, when many people's daily lives transformed from the post-industrial gig work habits through the quasi-fascist healthy life strategy, an artist now known simply as Cassandra initiated a series of small group practices known as the hologram, mostly among other precarious artists. In Greek mythology, Cassandra is cursed to utter true prophecies, but never to be believed leading to the common rhetorical usage of the term to refer to someone issuing unbelievable warnings. In subtle contrast, today the term refers to an accurate prophecy that cannot be believed, but must in any case be adhered to in spite of disbelief to forestall potential calamity. According to most practitioners and many historians, the historical figure Cassandra was an anxious and self-conscious artist who, early in 2020, released a formula for social participation in collective health in the city of London, then the capital of a violent political formation known as a nation-state called the United Kingdom. Said to be twitchy and sweaty from having lived a socially complicated and transient life in waging an unsuccessful war against a system of exploitation known as capitalism, Laura has it she would say things like, I wonder what a post-individualist feminist economy looks like and if I can be trusted to imagine it. With the voluntary abolition of the internet some decades later, almost all of Cassandra's written records have been lost. It is believed that she moved to London in the days before the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2019. Historians surmise that the hologram was meant to be something artistic and confrontational in step with the other art of the time. Citation needed. In a passage widely credited to Cassandra, she describes the way, quote, The great isolation granted the canvas needed for many people who carried the burden of privilege like a pair of golden handcuffs attaching them to a comfortable captivity of reality avoidance, to redraw their lives and their daily routines. In what many consider to be divine providence, the Great Isolation was the time when the hologram was first being seriously disseminated through workshops and public events on the Internet, a now obsolete addictive network of rudimentary computing machines largely controlled by a violent artificial predatory species known as corporations. In the years following the event, many psychologists argued that the Great Isolation was an important excuse for people to, quote, discover and strive for what they really wanted to cancel their plans so they could rest at home alone. Citation needed. It is debated whether the Great Isolation was the cause or the effect of the great cutting of the cord, the beginning of the end of the Internet. According to the oral history shared by most factions and tendencies that ascribe their lineage to the hologram, at the height of the Great Isolation, most social events and very many meetings related to work and culture began to take place on the Internet, including the initial hologram workshops. 
people from all over the world began to correspond during weekly workshops and meetups led by Cassandra. Thanks to its viral and adaptable nature, within a year of its launch, it is estimated that 250,000 people were practicing some version of the hologram. Starting in around 2028, Mondays, a now obsolete and much-hated period, demarcating one full rotation of the Earth within an arbitrary cycle or seven such periods developed to expedite the exploitation of labor, were designated the day of social holography at home. Shh! Though much folklore suggests that days committed to collective forms of care have been common in human social organization throughout the history of the species. Citation needed. Today the shh remains a common cross-cultural name for an extended period when people stay at home and take time to catch up on their contribution to their hologram network. The success of the hologram is often attributed to the effect of the COVID-19 virus and the social unrest it triggered. In the years following the pandemic, the Earth lost most of its warlords, both in the sphere known as government and the sphere known as the economy, in a succession of failed rocket launches, where the warlords perished seeking to escape the ecological and social destruction they had unleashed. Most historians agree that sabotage was likely a factor in some, if not all, explosions. Citation needed. In the vacuum left behind, the practice of the hologram became seamless and ubiquitous on nearly every continent. It started as something quite humble, advertised like a pyramid scheme, a secular and populist capitalist religious practice, and discussed on morning talk shows, a daily capitalist spiritual observance. The earliest written record we have related to the hologram by an anonymous writer speaks of it as, quote, women's new work, a way to distribute the compulsory grief associated with the trauma of losing all the world's warlords. Citation needed. But quickly the hologram morphed into a type of party line, where women, trans people, and revolutionaries of all sorts sat on couches, at home, all over the world, as they discussed how good they felt about the erasure of power. The practice was used to ensure that health continued as the users of the hologram prepared to defend and protect the new non-hierarchy that had arrived. Criticisms. Edit. Sometimes referred to as the last laugh of capitalism, no one knows if the hologram is actually as pure as it seems. Elder critics with pre-Great Isolation memory have labeled it a West Coast, referring to the former North America and the land that used to be known as California, social practice, an art form labeled by Ted Purves in San Francisco, California, cult. Its central organizer, Cassandra, tested positive for internalizing the values and behaviors that she learned from her cultural heritage in the U.S. of A., where her death was always the most secure form of long-term stability.
That was Zetsumetsu with Rose of Jericho. Preface, Artist Update. I'm an artist and the current steward for the hologram. One day it will live on as an autonomous, leaderless, everyday practice through the people who use it. For now, I'll be your tour guide. My name is Cassie and I am an artist. That is partially why the hologram is identified as art rather than a health project or a social science project. An artist is what they sometimes call you, if you're lucky, when you insist on surviving without a capitalist job. In another non-capitalist time, and in a time that might yet come, I may have a more central role. Problem solver, wizard, professional emoter. I believe that art should be democratized and the art world in all its preciousness should be abolished. But for now, I use my role as an artist to do things that surprise people. I call it art to move these projects outside of our world of bureaucracy, regulation, and skepticism. I do most of this art without money. I use art to make interventions because calling it art somehow allows people to be surprised, awed, and open in ways they would not otherwise be. For many years, I have worked as an artist, sometimes under the banner of the Feminist Economics Department, me and occasional accomplices, to make art about and against what capitalism does to our imagination. A lot of that work is tied to activism, for instance, against debt, the focus of my work for many years. Recently, I've become more and more interested in collective debts and their impact on the physical, mental, and social health of individuals and collectives. That's what brought me to the hologram. After a year of planning, I arrived in London on March 2, 2020, to begin a three-month art residency at an arts organization called Furtherfield to do research and outreach that could grow the hologram. Because the hologram is an extremely challenging social project, one that highlights many of my greatest insecurities, I had avoided it while obsessing over it for years. I was not sure if I had the social skills and strategies necessary to deliver it to the world. I was also not sure what world would want or need it. In early March, during the only in-person event of the residency, 25 people gathered around big tables at Furtherfield's Commons, a small space located in the city's Finsbury Park. There was hand sanitizer on the tables, which went unused, like socially necessary decor. And in those days, we were still hugging, even strangers. In the second half of the workshop, we did a visualization paired with some breath work and movement. We breathed heavily with our mouths open as we moved our arms. We sweat and spluttered all over each other. We imagined going through a wall made of our collective anxiety, betrayal, and disappointment, one that kept us from seeing our shared potential to co-create the systems of care in a community we need to thrive. Many people in the group imagined getting stuck in the wall rather than making it to the other side. One participant described the UK's Universal and Free National Health Service, NHS, as the pinnacle of civilization. As a U.S. citizen, I did not understand what she was talking about. A week later, as the COVID-19 pandemic broke, I realized that I would not be leaving London, nor my apartment, for a long while. As people all over the world went into lockdown, I felt as if I had been placed inside of a dream locked in a nightmare. 
I felt that, suddenly, all the things that I had been screaming into the wind as an activist and artist had become common knowledge. It had become apparent to most people that many of the systems that had been pretending to care for us were only interested in profit. In some cases, it was that the systems had been so hollowed out by cuts and bureaucratization, they couldn't help but fail when we needed them most. In the pandemic, care and support became more valuable than money. People began discussing new ideas for how to organize care for others who could not leave their homes. At the same time, this potential was caught up in fear, mourning, and death, as systems we had been told to rely on failed us. The central thesis of the hologram is that all our crises are connected and that we are all a little sick. The pandemic revealed how remarkably connected we are, even when many of us live in relative isolation inside a hyper-individualistic culture. Ideas went viral in the pandemic as we learned how quickly something invisible, besides finance, can grow and connect us, how entangled all humans are across national boundaries, and how quickly things can change, or how fast huge structures can crumble. If COVID-19 hadn't destroyed so many of our beliefs in the false systems of care and governance, I don't know if so many people would have so voraciously sought new solutions to what is now called the crisis of care. I don't want to seem like an opportunist, but it is only because of the rupture in life created by the virus that something as weird as the hologram could be seen as possible or useful. It is my sincere hope that this book becomes useful to you, in lockdown or after. Even though I am hiding behind or between these words, I am still just a person on a couch. You can easily find me here. Feel free to give me a call. I would love to personally welcome you to the hologram.
that was Zetsu Metsu with Will You Find Us. So I wish I could redo this whole book, um, but I don't have time for that. So I'm just going to jump around and pick out some different pieces and highlights to to try to give you a sense um, and uh, encourage you to get your paws on your own copy and, and delve into this more deeply. This is from the chapter, A Different Medicine is Possible, Greek Social Solidarity Clinics. Our crisis, our bodies. I wanted to take something back to my context of the U.S. If their crisis is also our crisis, then their work can help us, and their learning can be our learning. As a person who had never thought critically about health care, the experiments I had encountered in Greece made me dream of a vast reimagining of what health care could be, especially in a country where so many of us are denied care or driven into bankruptcy by it. While I don't think that American doctors will volunteer en masse as they did in Greece, and while free clinics in squatted buildings are unlikely to survive the punitive arm of the state, regulation, legislation, insurance bureaucracy, or police raids, there is so much we can learn from the kind of medicine that is being practiced at the Social Solidarity Clinic. During my visit to Greece, I wondered how much of the work of the clinics could also be done without doctors or specialists, without training, and without certification. How much of the success of the free clinic was about providing basic human care, compassionate attention, and a safe space to ask questions. This in contrast to the conventional, clinical, bureaucratic, service-oriented, and hierarchical model we're used to and have been taught to value. As I sat in the Solidarity Clinic waiting rooms, talked with doctors, observed assemblies, and accompanied incomers as they met with practitioners, I learned that most of the care given didn't need professional experience. It was human connection, the provision of empathy and attention within what otherwise feels like an uncaring and alienating world where the crisis becomes lodged in the body. Like Andromeda's copper rings that kill bacteria without washing, 99% of the time people can help each other. They don't need medical training to provide the preventative care and problem solving that most people need to persist. Like Andromeda, the microbiologist claims this figure is an overstatement. I'm not proposing that we don't need expertise at all. But so much of what produces health in a holistic sense, we can create without it together. Based on my study of the Workers' Health Center, I am striving to create a platform for collective health care, accountability, and solidarity that can serve anyone falling between the widening cracks of highly regulated capitalist police states, regardless of where they live. I have been inspired to do so not only by my visit to Greece, but also by the conditions of my life and the lives of my friends. We have all been made itinerant and exiled from our physical communities of support by the forces of capitalism, including gentrification, the gig economy, racism, and changing life circumstances. We've been denied access to quality, reliable health care, but have also come to rightly distrust conventional healthcare systems which are isolating, individualizing, and often toxic. We need another model. On Cassie gives us that model with the hologram. Um, the book actually uh, contains a, a short course, a four-part course, uh, to 
uh, help us prepare to become holograms. But there's also a website, the hologram.xyz. And you can go online there and check that out, the hologram.xyz, uh, to find out more about the course. Um, but I will, I'll, I'll read you just a little bit to, to start it off. New Patterns for a Post-Capitalist Now At its broadest and most ambitious scale, the hologram is intended as an open-source, peer-to-peer, viral social technology for dehabituating humans from capitalism. Capitalism is not only an economic system, it's a cultural and social system as well, which deeply influences how we relate to one another, how we interact, how we imagine ourselves in one another, even how we talk and feel. The hologram relies on us disentangling ourselves from capitalism's influence and that of white supremacy, colonialism, cis-heteropatriarchy, and other systems of domination, and it also helps us in this untangling. For this reason, in addition to the social practices involved in forming groups of four and doing the work of social holography, the hologram is also a delivery mechanism for ideas about how we can reinvent our world by developing new daily habits that incorporate radical reinterpretations of these four themes, trust, wishes, time, and patterns. The following is an abbreviated set of materials from the April 2020 workshop to help readers reflect on and transform their habits and approaches to these important themes. This is meant to be group work, but many of us are alone right now, so we hope that these ideas and practices may inspire or contribute to how we already imagine and organize our care labor. Each unit includes a brief series of reflections, as well as several exercises we can do to prepare for practicing the hologram model in the future. And I'm just going to read you a highlight of the first section, Trust. Again, there's four themes, trust, wishes, time, and patterns. And uh, I will read you this section from trust. Learning to trust ourselves again for the first time. The hologram is a social technology to rebuild the social trust that has been dissolved by living in and with capitalism. Decades of neoliberalism and austerity have taught us that our health is our personal responsibility. Most governments' responses to the current pandemic have allowed whatever trust we had in them to look out for our welfare, to melt like salt in hot water, and now we have to gargle with this stuff. Many people have lost their jobs and their ability to pay rent, and the state, in most cases, has done little to nothing to support them. The last crystals of trust in society have dissolved. This is, always already, the time to ask. How do we imagine our own care before or during an emergency within a set of completely unstable conditions? The hologram creates a space where it is possible to have repeated social experiences of commitment and attention from people who are doing so without economic motivation. It is a practice ground where these invaluable experiences can be given and received, accepted and sanctioned. The assumption of the hologram is that we can train ourselves to trust each other and to trust ourselves. We are in for the fight of our lives in the years to come to save the world from capitalism, but whatever post-capitalism we hope to build can't be magicked into existence and will not be handed to us. To better be able to join the struggle for it 
and to prepare to take our place within it as cooperative, interconnected animals, we need to practice new forms of trust. It is simple as an idea, and much harder as a practice, because we have all been taught toxic lessons. So experimenting with sharing hardcore resources, starting with time and energy, may feel uncomfortable or dangerous. It is only with repetition and persistence that we can remember or rebuild some of these skills that we had to shed to survive a hyper-individualistic financial landscape. We believe this is a practice that anyone can participate in. Questions for consideration. Can we do this without experts? Can we do this without space? Can we do this without money? Can we do this without stability? Can we do this when we are all a little sick? Can we do this when we have been taught that we can only trust experts? Can we do this when we don't even trust ourselves? Activity 1. 1. On paper, make a T-chart. On the left side, write a list of who you call when you are really stuck but need to make a decision. 2. On the right side, list all the people who come to you for the same reason. 3. Which side has more people? 4. What's the difference between the people who you trust and those who trust you? 5. What would it take to help the people who need support to be able to become people who you could go to for support? Or what would help your supporters become better at what they do for you? And what would make you better at offering support? 6. For each person and in relationship to you, consider the following. Boundaries, positive and negative. Courage, yours and theirs. Skills, yours and theirs. 7. Based on your considerations, circle the three people you might approach to be your triangle if you were to be a hologram. 8. Based on your considerations above, circle the three people whom you might learn from if they were a hologram and you were in their triangle.
that was Zetsumetsu with Dreamcatcher. And now I'm going to read you an, the closing excerpt uh, from the chapter titled Feminist Economics and the People's Apocalypse. Uh, and the whole chapter is great. So again, I, I urge you to go to plutobooks.com and get your own copy of the hologram. Revenge Fantasy The body and mind are sensitive and reactive to regimes of oppression, particularly our current regime of neoliberal white supremacist imperial capitalist cis-heteropatriarchy. It is that all of our bodies and minds carry the historical trauma of this, that it is the world itself that is making and keeping us sick. Johanna Hedva, Sick Woman Theory. I want a feminist economics that acknowledges trauma and asks the undercommoners who are tired, hiding, scared, or in bed now, who have been stolen from, ignored, and violated, what could be offered to repair what has been broken by power and finance, and how? I wanted to offer the logic and support to stop the man who insists that the corporate healthcare model is working when, by all measures, exploitation, injustice, inequality, and sickness are growing. We need a different way to understand and value our world and culture. We need to center life, not capital. We need to practice real solidarity. This is feminist economics, and the only way to find it will involve collective economic disobedience. Economic disobedience can take many shapes, and as an individual, you can do it alone as a way to train yourself to overcome the stigma of going against a mainstream ideology. It may help you develop a spinal fortitude to stop believing in and obeying the rules of capitalism. You may stop paying taxes or debts and you can go off the grid. But any of these actions will result in repercussions that will cost you money or land you in experience with the very expensive criminal justice system. Unless you have a network of others supporting you, strategizing with you and leveraging your personal actions into a meaningful political collective social intervention. The free market economy teaches you, and your family unit if you have one, that you are the only thing you have and the only thing that matters. It is only by overturning that idea in practice that you can really begin to restructure yourself and the economy. But there is almost nothing harder than coming up against the wall financial capital and all of its laws, social cues, and morals. This coming up against the wall, alone, which keeps us from care, from home, and from each other, is making us sick. My revenge fantasy goes like this. Someone calls you and asks if you want to be a part of the hologram, the code name for a huge phone tree-shaped network of women, non-binary, and trans people and femmes who are in touch all the time. The shape of the phone tree is actually more like a rhizome, if you could see the conversation network from above. Its path is decentralized and untraceable, undercover in broad daylight, because it looks like we're just on the phone, writing letters, sending postcards, Skyping, Google hanging, Facebooking, emailing, FaceTiming, Zooming, you know, women's work. We are asking each other questions about what hurts and where, and taking notes. What are we doing? We are interviewing each other about the conditions of our health, our lives, what it's like to be us. 
We don't know why we are compelled toward these long and unwieldy conversations, but we can't stop learning about what each other's lives are like. It keeps us alive. It feels like a secret portal to the center of the earth and back to ourselves. We are asking about the relationships, the mental health histories, the workplace violences, the plants, the nail polish, the family dramas, the addictions, the anxiety, the type of peanut butter, and the political aspirations. We are taking notes and we are putting it into encrypted folders. We are following up and asking more questions. We are Googling radical doctors with lower fees and finding out if a friend really needs the surgery. It feels like the most important work we've ever done, and it is completely invisible. We are here sitting on the couch, and no one knows what we are doing unless they are doing it too. For new people, it is difficult and a bit frustrating to understand the degree to which there are no goals besides finding connections, trust, and solidarity. The point is that there is a very complex weaving of friendship and collective responsibility, a net that you can't see but you can feel, and it feels strong. Some people quit their jobs, not because this is a paid gig, but because when we hear what is happening to those who we've grown to love just across the border or across some pond or across a racial divide, we are going to go there and be with them. In this network of phone calls and texts and viral conversations, we see that all our crises are connected in varying degrees. And we look back and remember when we thought it was all our fault, that everything was in our head. But it wasn't. And it's not. We account for one another. We hold each other to account. And we hold each other. Period.
Zetsumetsu with Eyes and Ears. And I hope you enjoyed that uh, introduction to The Hologram, Feminist Peer-to-Peer Health for a Post-Pandemic Future by Cassie Thornton. Again, you can get your own copy at plutobooks.com. You can find out more about The Hologram and what it's about and how to get involved and how to become a hologram at the hologram.xyz and you can find out more about Cassie Thornton and her writings and projects at feministeconomicsdepartment.com there's also a link to her link tree from there and Pluto Press has lots of other great books by the way so uh, you should take a look around when you go to pick up the hologram I'm sure you'll find something else you want to bring home Thanks so much, Cassie, for sharing your work with us. I guess it's time for a little mazé. And on the menu today is a snack-sized interview with our featured music, Zetsumetsu. Zetsumetsu is a multimedia project between Flutter, C. Ingoldson, and Z. Zetsumai, and I, With music as the centerpiece, they conjure up a danceable tug-of-war between soft and abrasive sounds through the use of their custom-built synthesizers and DIY electronics. They are the curators of Modular on the Rescue, based in Racine, Wisconsin. 
Through their hardcore DIY ethic, they have been restoring a 1986 road rescue emergency vehicle to deliver a pop-up experimental dance music experience. Focusing on the concept of impermanence and presence, they capture and release their art while exploring the road less traveled. And you can find out more about them at their website, zetsumetsu.com. That's Z-E-T-S-U-M-E-T-S-U dot com. And they were kind enough to answer some questions for the Violet Hour. So I will share those with you now. One, what does Zetsumetsu mean and how did you come to choose it as your band name? Zetsumetsu in Japanese means extinction or dying out. When we formed the project, our focus was on the destruction humans were making and have made to the earth. Using a word that isn't from our native language helped to put more mystery and open interpretation on the concept. Saying extinction felt too literal, and we wanted to have some of the idea lost in translation. 2. If Zetsumetsu were a constellation, which one would you be and why? The Phoenix constellation would be the most appropriate, because the destruction or dying out can birth new possibility and strength. It associates with the sun rising again. 3. What is your songwriting process and creative practice like? We each find a role to play in a particular song, melody, bass, or rhythm. Listen carefully and then play off each other. It's important for us to experiment with the sound, jam first, and put the structure in later. 4. What are your five favorite words associated with hologram? Beam, future, light, wave, illumination, with health, happiness, whole, peaceful, free, active, with illness, fear, stuck, dark, sadness, shrinking. Five, what is your earliest memory of the sky? An earliest memory of the sky is dancing at night under the stars to freestyle music from a boombox. Bonus. If you were a stuffed animal, what would you be? Crow. Thank you so much, Zetsumetsu, for sharing your music and thoughts in the Violet Hour. Uh, again, uh, you can find out more about them at zetsumetsu.com. And you can buy their music at zetsumetsu.bandcamp.com. Are you or anyone you know a musician? Amateur, professional, experimental? Do you tell stories with music and song? Are you interested in being considered for a potential feature on Mr. Bear's Violet Hour? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, please send samples of your work Links to Bandcamp, SoundCloud, your website, digital demo tape files on Google Docs, whatever you have, to violethourmoon at gmail.com. Mousy, it's me, Mr.
Bear. Oh, hey, Mr. Bear. Come on in. I was just taking a nap. I'm just, you know, middle of winter, cold, gray, dreary, gets dark early. Although I hear more light is, is coming all the time. But uh, I think, um, you know, I think everyone should just take a page out of uh, out of uh, the bear's book and then hibernate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Hibernation for all. Uh, but uh, I can, I can let you get back to sleep then. Oh no, no, that's you know the only thing, uh, the only thing better than a nap is uh, is a cup of tea with a friend. So you know, come on in. Um, and actually, I've really been enjoying hearing about the holograms. Such exciting stuff. Yeah, I thought I thought you would like it. Uh, you know. Uh, seems right up your alley. Oh, that's that's true. Remind your listeners, I'm a two-dimensional, hand-drawn rodent studying herbalism, and they should always do, you know, their own research. But uh, hopefully, our our conversations give them something to think about, huh, Mister Bear? Oh uh, yeah. So, uh, what what are you thinking about this hologram stuff? Well, I'm really excited about it, and. Uh, came up with a, I've been dabbling around in the apothecary and uh, came up with a, a new elixir, the hologram elixir. Uh, you want to hear uh, what, I'm, what I'm putting in it? Of course, you know I do. Okay, um, so I'm thinking, um, well, there's going to be four, four things in it, just like the hologram has the, uh, the, the triangle and uh, the fourth is the hologram. So we've got Reishi tincture, violet tincture, hawthorn berry tincture, and pomegranate infused honey. Oh wow, that that sounds delicious. Well, I have to say it's pretty good. Um, here I'll I'll pour you a little, a, a little shot of it. Oh, that's uh, that's delicious. Uh, uh, how'd you, how'd you come up with it? So I was just thinking about things and and playing around and um. Well, I just love reishi. It's really dark and earthy, and it's a medicinal mushroom. Um, it's called the mushroom of immortality. Um, that might be going a little far, uh, but you know, I think I think it could really uh, really help get you there, though. And um, uh, you know, all the all the talk about uh, mushrooms and fungi, the mycelial network. Uh, you know, just all of that. That growth underground, all those invisible connections we don't see. Oh yeah, like uh, yeah, the, I can see that that connection with with the hologram and all those unseen connections. Yeah, so that's um that was Reishi, and then Violet is uh really, you know, it's unobtrusive and very gentle. But uh, it's a really strong flower, and um, you know, some people say shrinking violet, but uh, I I think of violet um, when I think of joy and spring, and violet's a lymphatic, so it gets things moving. But it's just it's really gentle and lovely, and so beautiful, um, and really uh, supportive of the heart and lungs and. You know, we all need that right now. Um, then hawthorn berries, of course. I mean, hawthorns are just wonderful. That beautiful color, all that antioxidants. Um, but you know, hawthorn, uh, I've talked about before a lot. Uh, 
is is just um wonderful uh when you've got grief and sorrow and loss and uh you know everybody has that right now i mean i think just hawthorne for everybody and, and plus there's so much magical folklore around hawthorne too about the tree being sacred and home to fairies and threshold to the other world and you know just seems like a magical portal um and if you've ever seen hawthorne trees they're just beautiful we've i know we've talked about them before mr bear oh yeah they have those long beautiful thorns uh yeah they're they're one of my favorite and then um uh, pomegranate infused honey you know the honey is is the sweetness to the elixir and um, pomegranates well you know it's just it's middle of winter and I'm thinking about the underworld and how Persephone is stuck down there until spring and you know um, we might as well spend a little time with her right you know and, uh, and then get us all back safely to spring all that uh, I like I like how you think, Miss Mousy. That that all makes sense to me. Yeah, you know that's uh that's just what I do. Just kind of dreaming around the apothecary and make some weird little potions. But um, uh yeah, let's uh uh let's drink to the hologram. Oh uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll drink to that. And, you know, if folks don't have all those things or it seems like too much to try to make elixirs and all that, uh, something easy and fun to do, I know I've mentioned this a lot, uh, but in infusing things in honey is just like the easiest and the best and most delicious. Um, and I would, I would just say everyone right now, um, get some garlic and just, uh, peel a bunch of cloves, throw them in a jar, pour honey over it, and then just just sit back and wait for the magic. Um, you know, I like to let them infuse a month, but uh, you can dip in there sooner than that. And just uh, eat the garlic cloves, um, put the honey, you know, I like to just eat it by the spoonful, but you can, you know, drizzle it on things or put it in tea and uh, it's, um, you know, just something warm and delicious and, uh, uh, give your immune system a boost. Uh, oh yeah, that's one of my, uh, favorite, uh, go-tos. You taught me that, Miss Mousy. Uh, what if, uh, everyone listening now, uh, like you say, go make a jar of garlic honey, um, and then, uh, in a, in a month, you know, you give, give garlic honey to everyone you know and and see if you can get them to make garlic honey and and give it to everyone they know and uh we can we can spread a little bit of um uh, delicious health around uh yeah i like that idea mr bear um just have everyone you know create holograms create connections where we can share uh you know food and medicine and knowledge and uh and then show up for each other and and i think you know starting starting with some garlic honey is is it's a great place to show up yeah i agree so all uh, let's get started those uh those garlic cloves aren't gonna peel themselves no they're not mr bear uh so uh why don't you get started on that and uh i'm gonna get back to my nap 
Oh, okay, Miss Mousy, uh, I'll see you later. Oh, I'm just kidding, Mr. Bear. I'm going to help you peel garlic cloves. And, uh, and somebody's got to label the jars, you know. Always label your jars. It's so important. And uh, I just, yeah, I can't say that enough. Label your jars. Oh, that's that's some good advice, Miss Mousy. And yeah, my my penmanship's not the best, so I don't I don't know if uh, if your mouse scratching's any better. But uh, well, I think between the two of us, we'll figure it out. Oh, sounds sounds like a plan. Okay, garlic coming up. Zetsumetsu with Halia. And that is, uh, that's the show, folks. Uh, oh, well, I guess actually, uh, we can do an oracle before we leave. Uh, and, and I'm actually, I guess I'm not done after all. Uh, well, a shout out, one of my rare shout outs, uh, to Max Daniels, uh, who is someone I actually know in real life and uh, she's very smart and funny and has great taste and is a great writer and uh, she's got uh, a blog and a newsletter and 
you can you can find out about her uh, at her website maxdaniels.com and uh, sign up for her newsletter if uh, you want some great uh, stuff to read in your inbox and uh, she is uh, she says herself she is a fully recovered binge eater but she talks about a lot of other stuff in her newsletters too including books and art and movies and knitting and uh, she's really funny and anyway uh, she's getting a shout out because it's thanks to her newsletter that I discovered Cassie Thornton's The Hologram and bought it on her recommendation. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, and a long, long time ago, Max was a guest back when I did The Secret Lives of Stuffed Animals with Stumpy live in the Boston Free Radio studio. Max was a guest there once uh, many years ago. So, So she's familiar with the Oracle, Although, sadly, this is not the same oracle uh, that uh, was consulted for so many years. That was uh, Sweet Valley High number 86, Jessica against Bruce. Can anyone win this deadly battle? No, we don't think so. But uh, as as listeners, as you know, I recently acquired from a little free library ne- near me uh, Francine Pascal's Sweet Valley High number 74, The Perfect Girl, Robin Will Do Anything to Keep George. So I'm, uh, I'm just going to paw through and uh, uh, put my little paw down and, uh, and read us an oracle. So uh, this is for Max and Cassie and the hologram and... Zetsumetsu and all you howling wolves and hibernating bears and dear listeners out there. Here's our, our full moon oracle. Nobody. Just a friend of his from his flying class. Her date had to cancel, so we said she could come with us. That was the truth. Okay, I'll, I'll read that again. Nobody. Just a friend of his from his flying class. Her date had to cancel, so we said she could come with us. That was the truth. So that's uh, that's the oracle. So take take from it what meaning you will, and uh, uh, if you if you want uh, to to let me know what you think about the oracle, you know if if it resonated with you in any way, uh, feel free to send an email. You can reach me uh, or Miss Mousy at violethourmoon at gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll be back with you on the new moon. Thanks again for spending a little time with me in the Violet Hour. Uh, Take care and be kind to each other. And uh, don't forget to go uh, start building some holograms. Theme song and show music by Sugar Whiskey. Mr. Bear and Miss Mousy believe in radical love and kindness, in mutual aid, and empowering ourselves and our communities. Together we can dismantle the white, racist, colonizing, misogynistic, capitalist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist patriarchy. This podcast was recorded on Potawatomi, Kickapoo, Miami, Sioux, and Peoria land. Text your zip code or city comma state to 907-312-5085 and find out whose land you're living on. 
Uh, you can also go to land.codeforanchorage.org for more information. There's also a helpful map at native-land.ca. This is just the first step in developing a land acknowledgement. Let's learn our history and honor the land and indigenous peoples, past, present, and future. This podcast was produced in collaboration with the Boston Free Radio Podcast Network, part of bostonfreeradio.com and Somerville Media Center, Somerville's longest-running public access media center that enables a vibrant and diverse community to express its creativity, explain its ideas, share its cultures, and foster the individual right to freedom of speech. Learn more about Somerville Media Center at somervillemedia.org or check out some of the other amazing Boston Free Radio podcasts and radio shows at bostonfreeradio.com. Thanks for listening.